created the Bodega Agency, which produces the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival, as well as, uh, or, as well as, or, this is grammatically incorrect, uh, but it also serves as a multifaceted media, media company. Uh, Wes is an executive in residence and director of business of Creative Enterprise at Emerson College in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, he teaches uh, classes in entrepreneurship, marketing, and the music business while building the groundbreaking and uh, new business program at the school as well. Wes, AKA the Midnight Marauder, across the Marty LZ. Where did like, all the creativity go with lime? Like, so corny. This guy was a midnight. Anyway, uh, he crossed the Midnight Marauder across the Mighty LZ with his lime brother, Carl Williams Jr., or Carl Williams III, excuse me, in spring of 1994, and is a proud father. Uh, three beautiful kids and his wife and business partner, Ebony. Everyone, let's give a warm welcome to our brother, Wes Jackson. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate it. Thank you, brothers. Thank you, thank you. It's always very awkward to hear that bio read about you. Uh, sounds like you do too much. But... Um, we're, we're going to try to be brief. Boo. Boo has told me to keep this brief as well as some of my neos. Derek, you know, I have a, uh, what was the word, Derek? Bloviate. I have a, have a tendency to do that, which I will spare the bros today because uh, I know there's much more to do. But I just want to say first, um, I, I've spoken many times um, uh, in, in many places but this is by far the, the, the most distinct honor uh, to speak that I've ever had. Uh, and when Stafford uh, asked me to speak, I was sort of over, overcome, to be honest, because I felt that I was not worthy uh, to speak in a room like this. Because in this room are the men that I wanted to be when I grew up, right? I remember when I came as a high school, I've been telling the story um, this weekend, <laughs> My, some of you guys know my older brother Rob, who went to UVA and turned me on to the bras and, and um, introduced me to uh, infamous names like Giggy Martindale uh, that I was told to fear when I, when, I, when I finally got on the yard. But when I was in 1990, I was a junior, I think, in high school, and I came up to visit Rob. And he said, oh, come to this event. Uh, there was another bra that went to uh, the same boarding school that myself and Wiz Ralston. Yeah that Ralston and I went to, and Darwin also went to Darwin Hayes, who spring 90 all went to the same boarding school, same with Rob. He said, you know what, Darwin's coming out, cute. And I had no idea what that meant. So I went to the SAB, and I actually saw staff and, and Cove and Earl Wright come out, and it was a life-changing experience. Um, because as a kid from the South Bronx, you know, we, we had our, our struggles growing up. Me and my brother were, were the smart kids who got the scholarships and got out, but we never saw big groups of positive black people doing things. We never saw rooms packed with people screaming and crying, grown men crying to support people. I remember seeing Rob and his boys um, just cheer for Darwin, and it really struck me, you know, in my heart. And I said, this is the way life is supposed to be. So to come back in here and speak, to be invited by Stafford, uh, again, is, is the greatest honor. So I, one, I want to appreciate uh, the opportunity to, to, to talk to you guys all. So sort of two quick themes I want to get into. And um, 
Stafford asked me, he said, so, bro, what are you going to talk about? And he said, what's the title or theme of your speech? And I said, it's, I'm going to call it the best decision ever. And that comes from, you don't realize it was, uh, Derek was at um, Black Alumni last weekend. And I have a tattoo on my forearm that says MSPU, right? And I put it all right there. So any, every time I'm down, right, running the business and money's coming up short or the kid's stressing you out or you're going through the normal ups and downs of being married for almost 20 years, I want to acknowledge my wife, Ebony, who's over there filming me. <laughs> the love of my life, who I met, um, who I met, who also is a class of 97. And just side note, Stafford uh, reminded me when we first came off the line with Carl and I, first came off the line, we all remember those days when you're very popular with the ladies and you had options. And I sat there and I, and I had been, I had been talking to Ebony before we, we, we went online and I disappeared. I popped back up. I said, oh, you know, this, and maybe I sparked back, but then look at all these other options. And Stafford was, said, don't do it, bro. He said, you got it. He said, Stafford said, you got a good woman. So, I, so I, I, I have to give it back up to the Godfather for that. But, yes, just stick, stick with the good women to hold you down. So thank you to Ebony, who's my partner in the business in every way. But, but um, so when you go through those ups and downs, in 2015, I got that tattooed on my arm to remember my connection to the brothers in this room the things that, that I was taught many, many years ago and things that I taught to my Neos who are in the house and they taught and on and on and on. And Derek saw the tattoo and he was like, that's dope. And I think Derek has a similar tattoo, I think has a whole Omega Sci-Fi written out in Greek. And Derek said to me, best decision I ever made. And, I, and it always stuck with me. I don't know if I ever told you that, Derek. And I said, because I think that all the success that we've had in different fields this, joining this organization was the best decision I ever made, quite simply. And I remember when uh, Carl, my, my, my line brother who I love dearly, when, the, when you see the flyer for the smoker, right? And it was like, we talked about getting down for a long time, and it was like, all right, the smoker's tonight. I think, you know, Tone and Doug we must have slipped it in there when nobody was looking. And it said, it's time to go. And I was scared to death. Because these were superheroes, right? You know, that 92 line when they came off, you know, that they, 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 they these were, these were finally cues that I knew. Ross and Doug and, and Tone and Jared, these are people that I actually knew. And this was my opportunity to join their ranks. And I was scared to death. Scared, shaking in my boots. And I sat there and I looked at myself, I said, you, you can either face this fear and go to the smoker and meet these bros or regret it for the rest of your life. And at that point, I made that decision. I'm going to that smoke. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what was going to happen in there. I don't know what I thought. I thought we was going to get happen inside that smoker. But again, it's the best decision, um, best decision I ever made, and it's changed uh, my life. So as I look to the old, you know, there's the bros older than me. The the original bros are here, having a great chance to meet the 17 bros. Uh, all the brown boys, uh, you know, uh, being able to work with Miles, I see this sort of connected line, right? And I realized that, that we all faced that decision. We all sat there and said, am I going to do this? Am I going to take this next step or am I going to turn around? Because we could all have gone home, right, for that smoker. We all could have said maybe next year or maybe the brothers are not for me or maybe it's too hard or maybe I'm just scared. But we all made that decision, the best decision we ever made.
But I do just just a quick side note. I just also have to recognize another brother because um, I have to thank you guys. We do the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival, which a lot of you brothers come and support, and I appreciate that in the deepest part of my heart. Um, but my career in hip hop and the music business would not exist if it wasn't for Brother Doug right here, Brother right, right. Doug Smith. So, and I don't know if people know that. Because some of this, maybe this table will remember when I used to be a DJ on WTJU. I did it sat the Boom Bip Journey, Saturday nights from 1 to 3 in the morning. But who was on that radio station from 11 to 1? It was Doug. It was Doug came in there, and I used to, and, and here was again one of these superheroes who I walked in and would, would, would tell me, hey, this is how you play promos, this is how you play the records, this is how you manage it, and would jet off. I guess you were going back and forth to Richmond back in those days. And I said, uh, and again, I looked at that work ethic. I said, what is it about these cues? This fool is driving two hours every night. To sp- and not getting paid at all, right. Never, ne- never made it for a little bit. But Doug, I don't know if I ever also ever told you this, but I want to say all of these things publicly to, to show how much I love you and I love the bruz, is that that dedication as a 18, 19-year-old is still the fire that burns with me as I produce um, you know, at that festival. So I, and I see you as a graduate um, advisor kind of shepherding us, shepherding us through these difficult times. You've been doing that for a long time. And I just don't know if you know that that's how we look at you, but that's how I look it up for you. So let's give it up for Doug real quick. I appreciate you, brother. Um, but I just want I, and, and so when I, when I think about these days and times when we were just even talking with Taji and, and, and young brothers over here is that they don't want us here, right? We were talking in the meeting the faculty, the, the administration would be happy if we all just disappeared, right? We're getting arrested for sitting in Starbucks and sitting at pools with, 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 with our socks on. The, the entire world, in my opinion, would like, would, would like nothing more for us to just dis- disappear from the face of the earth. But then you come back to a weekend like this and you're surrounded by that same positivity, that same awesomeness that I saw as a 19-year-old kid watching Stafford walk around with the motorcycle helmet, you know, with the purple motorcycle helmet. It's still there. And I just believe that we have the answer in this room. When you look, look at the excellence, the same, the, the same awesomeness that intimidated me 20-some-odd years ago is the power that's going to muscle us through these dark times, right? Th- these stories, Buzz talking about, oh, we got off the yard and people snitched on us, people... Same thing happened to us. Same thing happened to me and Carl. Same thing happened to Derek. And we've endured. And there is something very, very, uh, I, I don't want to say magical, because magical makes it seem like it's out of our, our reach. But it's all inside of us. And I think it is all what Derek said to me when he looked and said, this is the best thing I ever did. And I think Derek, what, what he implied, Derek is very successful in his, in, in his life, traveled the world, we're all, you know, we've all made money, lost money, done things, but we look back at those times and say, I did this though, right? And nobody else can say that they, they did this as well. A lot of people turned away and they, walked and they went in the other direction, and we did. And because of that struggle we went through, we have the power to sustain for 45 years. You know, a group of black men at the University of Virginia where they... Where, they, where there's, there's riots going on and good old boys hanging Confederate flags, we're still here. 
Um, and again, that is the, the power that is within that is that that is w- within all of us. But I just want to just say that I've made decisions in my life, and and and, and Ebony can t- we talk about this a lot about serving the community. All right, being in the music business, there's a way that we could go where you could. We could do all types of nefarious things and work with, with people who are not in the interests of, who are not working in the interests of our people. And we've made conscious, conscious decisions year after year to create a legacy for my kids. Our kids came, came here earlier just to kind of see the bras. And that, and I realized that goes back to the decision, that the best decision I ever made was to join in the bras. Because the bras taught me that. The bras taught me to work for the greater good and not for yourself. Right, is to jump in the cut when your LB can't take it. All right, is is to take his wet, you know, the metaphorical cut, you know, <laughs> not the actual, you know, from what I've heard, from what I was, what I, what I was saying, from rumors, from word of mouth, from what, yeah, from what Stafford and, and Cuff used to tell me back in the days. But you know, if you don't have, if you don't have the money, if Carl didn't have the money, then I paid for it, right? If, um, you know, when, 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 when we were going through our thing, people used to thought I had a, a blue Honda Prelude because Boo Harvey gave him his car every day to get around, all right? Um, but that sense of giving back to the community is what I'm still trying to practice today. So when, when you guys uh, uh, thankfully give me that, the, the, the props for the festival, no, it's all you, right? That's a bruh function. The bruhs taught me how to do that. And we are now taking that message and passing it on to the next generation. And I honestly, in my heart, believe that we have the solution to solve this problem. They've been trying to get rid of us for half a, half a millennium, and yet we're still here. They didn't want to give us that charter, I'm sure, 45 years ago, but we're still here, right? They tried to kick us off the campus, kick, kick us off the yard three, four, five times, yet we're still here. We are the leaders because we made that decision. We looked at that smoker and said, I'm either going to go left into the smoker or I'm going to go right and go home and lick my wounds. And it's back to what Derek said. The best decision that we ever made was to be here that puts us in this room uh, right now. So as I, I just look, and, and the second thing I want to talk about is the thing I can't explain, which is the unbroken line. When I'm listening to Miles tell stories, I'm like, these are the same stories I told Derek, right? <laughs> right? These are the same stories that, that Haven E, you know, probably told Ralston. There is an incredible broken line that's represented here. And um, I, I don't know why. I don't know why we have, the, you know, not only the, the poems, the, the stories, the, the, the songs, the hymns, all of that, but... It's, it's just wonderful to me, and I, and I hope that you guys all agree, just to see it from 82, 79, all the way to 2017. And, and not to be uh, um, sort of represented and not to sort of put people on blast, but the, the fact that Stafford's two sons are in the fraternity. I don't, I just, I, I, if there's another chapter that can say that, I want to hear that. All right, that I remember when little Staff was born. I remember, we all remember when Denzel was born. And now they in here running these meetings. If that does not talk to the awesomeness of this fraternity and our small little piece of it, that we've been able to create that unbroken line. So in, I, what I just want to express to you guys is I hope that the way that I recognize it, 
of what I'm trying to do is carry on the traditions of the frat, the things that things that were taught to me. I hope that we are all going out in real life and doing the same thing. I'm sure we are, but make sure to tell that story because I think sometimes we sort of do it, we go through our lives, and you just don't realize how awesome it is. All right, but now we're surrounded by, you know, doctors and engineers and financiers and entrepreneurs. This is an amazing, amazing group of people. And this is just one little small smattering. There's a lot of great people um, who I looked up to who are not here. But just remember, there's a, there, there is the same little chubby kid from South Bronx who thought life was only as far as the six train could take him, right? That's how far my life went until I met the brothers. And then I realized how awesome being a black man is, you know? And there's a lot of people that want to squench that. They, they want to squelch that idea. And they want to make us think that we're something else, that we're inherently criminal. But through all of that, the brothers have, have persevered, which is, which is, again, one of those four cardinal principles that I have uh, indelibly inked on, you know, on, on, um, on my arm. So I just want to say, um, again, I'm trying to keep it brief, boo, so you don't come, come after me. But it's, it's, it's been an honor. It's, it's been the, one of the greatest honors of my life of being a member of Lambda Zeta. And to the older brothers who helped me and taught me and brought me in, I give my humblest thanks. To the young bros, you need to take a second this weekend, in this moment, to appreciate what's in front of you. All right? And I'm, I see y'all two right here. Is take a time and go and talk to these bros. Get some of the stories. Have a drink. Laugh it up. Because this is now the best times of your life. And people who know me, uh, Cecil was talking about my, my uh, line name, the Midnight Marauder, which Doug, I believe, Tone and... Tone and Doug came up with that because I was a hip hop sort of fanatic, you know, you know, 30 years ago. And I, there was one moment, I'll just end with this one little story. In 2016, a lot of you bros came. We had Nas come play the festival, one of the greatest MCs of all time. And it's hectic and we're running around and we're worried about money and paying people. And Nas started doing halftime. And I said, you know what, you got a little earpiece. I took a little earpiece out of my ear, turned my radio off made my way to the front, to the front, front, front of the stage. And I said, I'm going to appreciate this, you know, because I bust my ass to make this happen, all right? We all bust our ass, excuse me, the French, to be here. This is that moment. So don't let it go by you and talk about it in a couple of years. It's happening right now. At this table that you're sitting at, this is the beautiful, this is the beautifulness of life right in front of you. So just take a second, drink it in, Literally and figuratively, all right, tonight. Um, because we are, this is an awesome group of people, and I am just beyond honored uh, to be considered one of you. And again, it's going to be one of the greatest honors of my life that maybe somewhere down the line, y'all could be inducting my little boy in, and my two little boys in, maybe as it comes down the load. But again, to Stafford and the committee, thank you for inviting me to be your keynote speaker. Um, congratulations to the, to the chapter for 45 years, and I think we all know. We were talking about at the meeting, are we going to continue on? And, and Brother Jefferson, I, I, I think it was almost rhetorical what you were saying, because we all know we're going to do whatever we need to do to keep this going, because we all in our heart know that this is the best decision we ever made that brought us in this room. So, brothers, I thank you very much. Be out. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Can we, can we double down on this one? What's, what's the budget looking like? <laughs> I know, they ain't come back. I know. Yeah, one, more, one more round of applause for our keynote speaker, by the way.